Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast. We'll be featuring March 16th, 1992, The Spectrum, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I am your co-host of the game with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Let's go ahead and give them an old Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, hell yeah, boys. Oh, oh hell, hell yeah, yeah, boys. Now you may be asking yourselves... Where does Stone Cold tie into today's episode? Well, today's show happened on March 16th, which just so uh... happens to be Stone Cold Day. <laughs> wow. See that? I had oh. no idea. Where... I was like, is he from Philly? <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah. um, my interest in WWF stopped at the exact moment that Stone Cold kind of rose to ascendancy. <laughs> and I don't think those two things are related. It's just I kind of grew out of it. Yeah, I, I stress enough that I was born in 1999. That's so like wow. That, that's that's a whole other podcast topic for another day. <laughs> yeah, what's that like? Uh, yeah, we got some good days and bad days. All righty. Before we get into this heater. Of a show known as March 16th, 1992. We, <laughs> we are going to dive Did right you say on. Heater or heater? I do. We will let that up to the imagination of the listeners. We'll let that simmer for a while. <laughs> we are going to dive into, of course, our Channel 6 news segment. And we only have two bullet points this week. Uh, but the first one is kind of a big one. It is Knob's post-Taylor Swift trip report. Um, if you remember on last week's episode, Knob was gearing up to see night three. I believe it was night three, right, Knob? Yes. Of Taylor Swift in Philadelphia. And um, after a few days of radio silence where Fig and I were quite concerned that Knob um, somehow got swept swept up with the Swifties and lost... Uh, Lost the head. Um, Nob is back and wants to share uh, the experience. Nob, how was Taylor Swift? I had a lot of fun. Um, okay, so the first thing that I need to, to get straight. So last week I claimed that my tickets were nosebleeds, and I thought I'm probably just exaggerating for comedic hyperbole. But I need to stress that we were the third row from the back of Lincoln Financial Field. Which gets pretty we, high. Yes, and it was very cold for the last hour of the show. Oh, interesting. Um, but that's just a fun little aside. I must Can say... Can I ask you a question? Just, were you yeah. up so high that you were kind of scared? Like, yeah, unreasonably well, scared? I hate heights, so that's not a huge <laughs> height for me. But yeah, I was freaked out, especially when we first got there. After a few songs, everyone was moving and dancing, and it was clear that if this thing was going to collapse, it would have collapsed already. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I must say, I was very impressed, even from all the way back, the way that she was just able to, to make the whole stadium into this whole spectacle. They had those like radio-controlled wristbands that, that changed color to make oh, a whole cool. stadium-wide stage picture instead of just right in the middle. 
but she had this really big walkway and the walkway had an LED screen. So, you know, the people who were closer were getting a, a very good show. But no matter where you were in the house, you were getting a good show. And I know Can this. I ask you a clarification question? Yes. So with the wristbands, what were you saying? Like, like they turned the whole audience into like a giant like jumbo screen? No, 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 no. They, okay. they were just colorful. Okay. Um, they just would like so just sometimes... a little audience participation kind of thing. Yeah, and sometimes they would like move, you know, it would be like these like freaks of blue and yellow, like slowly spinning their way through the crowd. Okay, just um, some eye candy, like, just something to look yeah, at. Yeah, 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 just a nice little touch. No, they had big screens where you could watch everything, of course. Um, okay. But yeah, it was a very good time. It was a long show. It was, I'm pretty sure it was three hours, like 15 when all was said and done with no real set break, which was crazy that was just wow. nuts. it was 45 songs with no Jeez. break longer than a minute or two were there any covers no all originals oh. um yeah all originals uh 43 were pre-planned and two were the uh the secret songs which were decided the day of did they play drums in space there was no drum space <laughs> But uh, I did think I heard a Dark Star tease at one point. Oh. What would, what would be your favorite? So this past, what was it? This, this past summer tour, Dead & Company did the El Paso, or Dark yeah. Star, El Paso, Dark Star. Yes, at the Pittsburgh show. It's the only show that week I missed. And as you can <laughs> imagine, I'm not still kicking myself about it 10 months later. <laughs> What would be like your Taylor Swift, Dark Star, El Paso, Dark Star? Was there like, oh, would there be one? There isn't like a, I wouldn't say there's a combo like that. Um, like Dark Star, you belong with me, she, Dark Star. <laughs> I imagine no, she does mashups though, right? Like, that's she definitely be, paired like, songs together. Or, yeah. yeah, definitely medleys and songs would transition into each other. There was a particularly smooth one between. Don't blame me and look what you made me do. And I'm truthfully not huge on either of those songs, but the transition was so good it retroactively made me like them more. Um, no, it was you know the transitions were very well done. If there's a song that I'm chasing, like El Paso, it's it's Paper Rings off of Lover, which is a song that I've tricked my band into playing. Um, <laughs> that one was not played, but my other two favorite Taylor Swift songs were in the the show, which was very nice. So. Last week we talked about how the exorbitant prices for yeah. Taylor, you know, just to get in the door to see Taylor Swift, um, and then we also talked about how there was hundreds, not hundreds, sorry, tens of thousands, perhaps people outside of the stadium who could probably, you know, hear it and kind of there was a party going on outside of uh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Uh, the link. Having the experience that you had, uh, would you have, uh, in hindsight? Um, you know, gone with the StubHub deal, or or was this an experience that you, you know, you, you really? No, I, th I think it was worth it. Like, okay. if I wasn't able to get tickets, I'm sure I would have considered joining one of those tailgates and hanging out outside. But it it was, it's a full spectacle. It's it's not. It wasn't a show that was just about the music. And hearing it would have been cool, don't get me wrong, but that wasn't the point. It was a full production and seeing okay. it and seeing the lights and seeing the dancers and the band and all of that is such a big 
part of it. And like, truth be told, she's a very captivating live performer. Um, she doesn't have the strongest voice in pop music or anything, but she commands an audience. And it was uh, very cool to see her at least once because I had never seen her before. I've just been a long time listener. Cool. I'm out of questions. Game? Um, So I don't think I've ever been to a concert that was that well attended. I've been to many large events. Hundreds of thousands of people. Not hundreds of thousands of people. Probably close to 100,000 people. How was, like, the traffic getting out of, like, that kind of... We took the train. We had to take the train. There was okay. no thought in our mind about trying to drive out of there. And we did start walking out of the venue during the very last song of her set. So we did. We, my, my concert instincts <laughs> kicked in, and we booked it out of there. Um, so we were the first group of people on the train. It was a very tightly packed train. And we kind of knew that if we didn't get on that one, we would have been stuck there for another hour, two hours. Uh, but yeah, we, we were very deliberate about trying to beat the rush, and we were home in about 30 minutes, which was very nice. Yeah, that's... Um... First off, good deal on that. I, I, I hate yeah. getting, like... Cra- like, 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 I love... That, 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 that's one of my always, always on my conundrums. Like, I love events, but man, do I fucking hate the post-traffic afterwards like yeah, it's, I, yeah you know so um yeah being able to get the train and being able feet on the ground during the last encore definitely smart move on your part and speaking of shows and concerts we are on the eve of the dead and company final Tour summer tour 2023 kicks off uh, as we record kicks off tomorrow May 19th at the Forum in Los Angeles California I do believe they're doing two nights um, yes. at the Forum Friday and Saturday uh, so if you are listening to this show uh, by the time you listen to this podcast those shows will already be over and will be in full summer tour swing but as always you can purchase the live. Uh, tour package at livedead.co uh, or nugs.net. Both sites do the same thing. Um, yeah, and I'm personally really excited to get the uh, the summer tour finally kicked off. I feel like yeah. I feel like it came out of nowhere, uh, and it definitely didn't. Um, maybe it's really start this year. Yeah, or, or maybe it's that. Uh, maybe it's just getting older and having more responsibilities, but. Um, it really is like shit. I can't believe like we're here <laughs> already. I still kind of can't believe that um, we have live music as of tomorrow night already. Wow. Um, it is. I'm just looking at the um, over here on the Grateful Dead subreddit on the sidebar. They have a uh, the set list or the the tour date list. Yes, and it's just boom, boom, boom. Like they they're not taking you know weeks no. off like, like they've done in previous uh, tours. Like they're just on the road from May. Uh, May nineteenth until July sixteenth. Me and my um couple days around. Uh, yeah, it's July only 4th, towards the end it. of the tour. Yeah, that they start taking a couple nights off. Me and my uh, group of friends have decided. Um, we we've never waited this long to buy tickets before. 
and probably we could probably still wait until like day of show, right? But uh, we have decided that um, May thirtieth, which is when all of our next paychecks drop, uh, we're ju- we're just gonna just we're just finally just gonna jump in and do this. Um, we're just gonna get a place in Airbnb. Um, the first place I'm gonna look, I think they put me on the on the on the ticket buying portion of the of the plan. Probably gonna check cash or trade first, just to see if there's three tickets anyone's giving away. Not giving away, but you know, selling for not a crazy amount of fees or anything. Um, and I'm kind of hoping just like as summer tour kicks off and starts moving that's when you see more like ticket opportunities and people selling tickets because they need tickets for other shows this that and the other so i'm kind of hoping that the secondary market picks up as tour starts and prices drop but we will see um we will see but we are definitely buying i would say definitely get on that airbnb my personal strategy for philly uh you know um ballpark shows is there's a lot of tickets to be sold and there are a lot of people a lot of opportunities on StubHub to get like you know or whatever on the you know, resale market to get really cheap deals like day of day before i start looking a couple of weeks before and um pick up tickets for myself and a uh, buddy of mine probably the day before or even the day of um it's just hard to sell at those ballparks i mean New York City, I kind of get like, yeah, like that's that's gonna be a sellout. Uh, Los Angeles, yeah, I can see that's gonna be a sellout. Um, Philly ballpark, it's tough. It's really tough. I think there's good deals to be uh, to be had out there. So I'm gonna be holding off. Now I'm on StubHub right now, looking for three tickets. Yeah, and Let's get some data here. Definitely more expensive than I want to pay. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, just wait, man. Like, there's no possible way um, that, that that's justified. There's so many seats in that place, dude. They're selling. Uh, what baseline would this be? Third baseline. Two twenty a piece. What? Now this is for three tickets. I'm buying three. Maybe if you switch the two, maybe that. No, it's still expensive. Yeah, I hold off, man. Yeah. That, that's not real prices, right there. No, I don't. I don't disagree. I, I'm fairly. Yeah. I'm. I'm fairly certain you can even get them cheaper on just Ticketmaster Direct than this right now. But yeah, yeah. if, no, if I'm right. looking, if I'm looking StubHub, yeah, it's uh, yeah, two cheapest, I believe. Maybe not cheapest, but yeah, I'm seeing two seventeen, two seventeen, two twenty, etc., etc. So. Yeah, they um I saw a meme this week on Instagram of uh modern people at jam band concerts and the dead and company one was just like, Oh, let's see your wallet and they opened a wallet and it was empty. And they were like, Oh, we're so sorry, we understand completely. And yeah, now that I'm scrolling through this ticket list, I now also understand completely. Um Jesus Christ, one thousand three hundred and sixty one dollars a piece. For what? For third baseline, row twelve. Why? Why? Oh, f- this is not like a Taylor Swift concert or anything. No. no. Was Taylor get a light up wristband? Was Was Taylor Swift in Citizens Bank or or the big football Lincoln. field? Lincoln. Lincoln. The, the 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 big show. Yeah. The big house. At one I mean, point, they're, she they're both pretty that she huge. was the first 
maybe solo artists to do a three-night run there. Um, a lot of two-night runs in the past, but apparently she was the first solo artist to do a three-night run. She's huge. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So, do we have any Dead & Company set predictions? Um, what do we think they're going to open up the tour with? What do we think they're going to close the tour with? Um, any surprises? Not do, we recall, do you have any guesses? Do we recall what, what it was last year? Let the good times roll. Oh. Uh, <laughs> nice little segue that's, into that's the current show. Yeah, it's fitting. Um, I have to think that if they want to go with some sort of poetic tour opener, it's... I mean, it's got to be playing in the band... The music never stopped, or maybe not fade away. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like I feel like it's got to be something related to that. At least that's my guess. Um, do they do box of rain? They do once in a while. You do get a box of rain from time to time, that's once or twice a year. That would be very cool. I always like a good box of rain. Do we think we're going to get any bust outs? I would guess a song or two. That's tended to be the pattern over the last couple of years. Two or three uh, new tunes. Now, last year they did. Dear was Mr. last fantasy? Yeah, that was the big foolish one. Foolish heart. I forget the foolish heart. There was another one, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. I could be wrong. I for, I forgot about the foolish heart. I remember the dear Mr. Fantasy. Yeah, that was one of those. It was good times roll and death don't have no mercy, and a uh, one off the last time when Charlie Watts passed away. It wonders me what they could feasibly bust out. I selfishly want every Brett song, but that's not yeah. going to happen. That's that. That's just not going to happen. I I get yeah, that. Yeah, I've, I've accepted that. Let yeah. the good times roll and dear Mr. Fantasy is about as much Brent representation as we're getting yeah. from Dead and Co. But like, right? what what else could they do? My big hope is a so many roads. I think they would okay. really knock that yeah. out of the park, especially let No Teal sing it. Um, I've also just as long as I've been listening to this band, I really want to hear them do Stagger Lee. It's obviously it wouldn't be the top of any list in terms of importance or whatever, but I think they would kill it, and I really want to hear it. I'm surprised they haven't. That's the thing. It's one of those. It was like when they finally busted out Let the Good Times Roll. I was at that show. It was at City Field, and it got just a regular response from the audience because we were all like, yeah, of course they've done this song before. There's no way they're on year six, and they're only just getting to Let the Good Times Roll. It's so their vibe. It's not even funny, and I feel yeah. that way about Stagger Lee. Now, how would you feel if Staggerly took, like, El Paso's spot in the set list this year? Oh, Dark Star Staggerly. That would be awesome, right? Or meaning getting played twice at shows that I'm not at. Both. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I would live with it. I'm, uh, I would just rather hear it in general, even if that means I wouldn't get to hear it in person. Better than nothing, in my opinion. I'll say yeah. it's a good it's a good take. It's just like a very low bar for aspirational songs. <laughs> like if they did bring up if they did bust out Staggerly, I wouldn't be surprised if the you know crowd's reaction was meh. Yeah, it wouldn't be something I would throw out, especially on the last tour. It doesn't feel like one that they're like, oh shit, we got to get yeah. around to Staggerly. 
God, but God. I would go. I would personally go feral. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like. I think you just hit the nail right on the head. I don't think there's any. Oh shit! We have to get this song in. Songs left. No. Yeah, I would guess we might get um. Maybe alligator for the alligator guy on Reddit. Yeah, alligator, or maybe like uh, Golden Road, something from like early, early yeah, dead yeah. to like tie all of this together. Because I think they did the Golden Road at the Fairly Well shows. But this conversation might be part of the reason that they're kind of packing it in. You know, like they're probably running out of things to make it interesting for the audience and for themselves. I mean, there are plenty of songs that they could throw out if they wanted to, especially if they wanted to dive into the weirder, give us a, a born up cross-eyed or a, a caution, uh, do not step on the tracks. Yeah. Oh, that's one I, I would like to hear. Um, At any point, they could bust out of Mountains of the Moon. They're just cowards. Um, or Lazy Lightning. Yeah? Yeah, that one's never coming. I've, I've accepted yeah. that as well. You won't. But there was good, like a brother Esau would be a lot of fun. That would be a good that one. That would be fun. I'm surprised um, don't play that. You know the Wolf Brothers do, but not uh, the proper Dead and Co. Also, a full weather report suite out of Dead and Co would be really good. But they've only done that with the Wolf Brothers as well. I, and am I thinking of caution? Does, does caution have like a Donna Jean feature? No, that's no. Uh, an early. That's a pig pen tune. What am I thinking? Uh, oh, shit. What are you thinking of? I don't know. Think of Sunrise. It might be. Yeah. When I get those two confused sunrise? all the time. When are I we... would love a Donna Jean bust out. Uh, that would be cool. No, 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 would... no, 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 no. Bob still sings it. <laughs> bring, bring Donna Jean out. Uh, she's in. She's in out west. Maybe. Maybe that's what happens. Well, maybe, so maybe she sat in with Dead and Co before. Yeah. How? I don't know if I was. I definitely don't remember her doing that. How did that come off? Do you remember? When like, she let him with Dead & Co? Yeah. It was fun. It was fine. You know, Donna, I think, at this point, has a, a healthy relationship to the dead and its music. She spent yeah. a good chunk of time away from it. But ever since then, she, you know, comes out to do dead tunes once every couple of years. Seems to always have a good time. And the vibe seemed to be, if they invite me back, we'll do it. But if not, that was fun. Yeah. You know, it was only a handful of songs each set, but you know, you got a little on on Scarlet Begonias and some Bertha harmonies. Always a nice time. Before we move on to Stone Cold Day 1992, um, <laughs> this is totally off subject. But speaking of Donna Jean sitting like 10 in, ten minutes rambling about Taylor Swift. <laughs> subject today. Who has been your favorite Dead and Company sit in? Ooh. I know mine, and I forget her name. Maggie Rogers. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was. was she was that was really so fun. good. That was so good. I really enjoyed the George Porter Jr. sit in. Yes. In 2018 when he New Orleans for Sugary. Yeah, and he yeah. played bass on a few tunes at the end of set one. Yes. Um, there's a lock-in show with Branford Marsalis, which is really, really good. I forgot about that one. Those would probably be my top three. Yeah, Maggie Rogers, George Porter Jr., and Brantford Marsalis, which is one hell of a game of F. Mary Kill. I know I'm effing it. It's George Porter Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um, that 
you're right. I think he did three songs, and that show went from shitty, if I remember correctly, went from shitty to yeah. like, oh, okay, here's George Porter. And then he just killed it for three songs in a row. And I think it was then set break. People were like, oh, my God, like, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that needs to be revisited. That was... That was really good. They tend good. to be on their uh, their best behavior when they've got a guest hitting it. Yes, I do agree. Um, speaking of um, best behaviors, that's definitely not what this was. Uh, let's move on to the main event of... of of transitioning. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Did you get uh, AI to help you on that one? No, believe it or AI not, I just. Believe it or not, they came all from me and the answer, yeah. Alan Iverson himself. Um, we are going to move on to the main event of the evening, which is March 16th, 1992, The Spectrum from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I won't share my thoughts on this show. Um, I mean, I will share my thoughts on this show. I won't share them early. Um, but yeah, it was it was something. Um, so this show featured two final renditions of uh, songs. Uh, it was the final ever CC Rider, as well as the final ever Train to Cry. Um, why they picked this random ass show in 1992 to make uh those um the final versions of i'm not sure but they did um set one kicked off with probably the worst rendition of let the good times roll ever <laughs> uh followed by feel like a stranger we got friend of the devil the very final cc rider the very final it takes a train to cry black throated wind ramble on rose and let it grow fig what were your thoughts on set number one? Oh man, you had to pick me first. Um, this <laughs> was a tough. Nice about it. This was well, you know, if you could pave the way, I'd, I'd much rather skate on, um, you know, skate by on your coattails or ride on your coattails than, than you know, kind of uh, plow this field by myself. It, it, this was not a good show. This was uh, one of those shows that, well, okay, yeah, Let, let's let's to the silver lining you know it's nice that we have the project to give us random shows like 316.92 because otherwise i would not have listened to the show um so and and i probably would have been a happy man uh, not having listened to the show uh good times it, it was just old man music i mean and you know we're talking about uh dead and company who really are let's face it old men um you know starting off yeah just last year uh, with good times roll and that you know, last year's rendition was so much better than uh, what they did in um, March of '92. It was just, it didn't do anything for me, you know. And, and they play Good Times Roll, and they do this a lot, where you know, it's kind of like a little sampler, a little appetizer before the actual start of the show. And the actual start of the show was uh, "Feel Like a Stranger," and all I have is that it just happened, like "Stranger" happened. Moving on, "The Friend of the Devil." There was an annoying hi hat. Uh, in the mix, and it just kind of ruined it for me. It was a slow friend, the devil. It wasn't doing it. Uh, CC Rider, someone hit a wrong chord. Uh, like the whole band, it sounded like just hit the wrong chord th at the same time. Took me out of it. Uh, 
takes a lot. Was it? What is it? Takes a lot it to. Takes a lot to laugh. It takes a train to cry. Yes. Um. The transition between CC Rider into takes a train to laugh. Takes a lot to cry. Takes a lot to Tra laugh. Takes a train ah, to cry. Messed that up. Uh, was it awesome? And then and I wrote, "Was this the best part of the night?" Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Because um. They, they they hit it. They, I guess there was a key change that happened. Similar sounding song, uh, but different feel, very much so. And um, I really liked actually that transition. I, I like that rendition. So we have two final songs uh, back to back and jammed into each other. Black Throated Wind. Um, probably a real highlight of the night was the end jam for Black Throated Wind. Uh, the drowning in you part. It was very very powerful. Um, Bobby did a great job of kind of. Uh, instigating the, the the crowd to get the crowd going and the band was 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 really uh on fire at the end of black third of wind and black third of wind is not one that i rate very highly but um they did a great job at least towards the end of that one ramble on rose we have some strong jerry vocals um for some reason the crowd reacted i, I was listening to a matrix so i heard a lot of crowd noise uh the crowd reacted to the just like new york city part which was weird because they're in philly um I actually liked, so Vince took a MIDI sax solo. I think it was Vince. I, can't, I can never tell whose MIDI sax it was in the early 90s. Um, but I actually kind of liked uh, what they were doing. And then we ended it with Let It Grow, which was just a very loose version of that song. Um, you know, take it with a grain of salt that it was even Let It Grow. Um, it was not a great ending to that set. That wasn't a great first set. Kind of had a little boost to it with uh, Train to Cry and then they had a black throat to win, but that's it. That's all I got. Nob, take it away. Yeah, I wouldn't say this was uh, a beloved show for me. I didn't find myself moved or changed by it. Um, and I don't know if I would say I liked it. Um, good times, like a Let the Good Times Roll opener. I The the big thing that made this Let the Good Times Roll sound bad for me, besides the fucking five-part harmonies and whoever was doing those oohs at the end of the song, I, I oh. think it was Bruce, but no matter what, I hate them. Um, but this was just a very joyless rendition of Let the Good Times Roll for me. Yeah. Like Even when Let the Good Times Roll is at it's just, ah, eh, we're just opening the show. Yeah. It's always a fun way to open the show. And this just felt devoid of that usual bounce and joy. Um, Energy-wise, Stranger is an improvement over Let the Good Times Roll, but it still wasn't great. Uh, it gets better in the jam, but it really doesn't wow me. I, I, the, the Friend of the Devil solos are very nice, but good lord, they do not need five people singing five-part harmony, especially when one of those people is Phil Lesh. It yeah. just gets so soupy and messy. And yeah. even when they're all singing in tune, it still doesn't feel right. Uh, and so I didn't love this Friend of the Devil, but it's, it's got some good solos. They really get into the CC Rider, Bobby especially. There's a nice piano solo, but I got to say that the best part of it is the transition into It Takes a Train to Cry. Uh, just smooth as butter transition. Yeah. It's basically just that same CC Rider blues groove under it, but it was a lot of fun. Was there a key change, or is it the I don't think so. Or... I think oh, okay. they just, just started feel or something. It's a, a it's the same feel, just different chords. Oh, um, okay. it's got that same sort of shuffle. 
right. uh, that sort of bluesy shuffle. But while C.C. Ryder is a traditional 12-bar blues, it takes a train to cry as a, a different chord progression. Um, I'll definitely agree with you that uh, the ending of Black-Throated Wind is really nice. The, it's a fucking rough start. Yeah. <laughs> not, to, not to so brazenly curse on the podcast, but good <laughs> God. Like, no one gets the riff right, and then Bobby just kind of starts singing. Um, the ending has really great energy, and I can understand why they tried this, though the drummers do not seem to be listening to each other, the rest of the band, or even themselves that much. Um, uh, I would put Ramble on Rose as one of my highlights of the set. Despite some scratchy vocals from Jerry, the, the groove is just right. I think it's Jerry playing the MIDI trumpet solo, but oh, whoever it is, I thought it was a really nice touch to this song. The MIDI instruments don't always work for me. They don't even always work for me within this show. But I really enjoyed the MIDI trumpet on Ramble on Rose. Um, I dug the Let It Grow. I do just like Let It Grow as a song. Um, the jam definitely gets a little monotonous, uh, and I did find myself zoning out a little in the middle. But I found it to be a fairly solid let it grow uh the the last minute of the jam when it was very pretty and they started bringing back the riff before going back into the bridge was particularly nice it was definitely a weird the ending just wasn't as definitive enough to feel like the set one closer but it wasn't a bad let it grow overall i didn't care for set one but it gets better in the later half than it is in the first half what about you game um well i pretty much knew that this show was terrible within the first <laughs> minute 30 seconds of let the good times roll um vince just <sighs> opens his mouth and it is just god awful um so yeah let the good times roll is a is a negative mark for me. It's the caterwauling. It's, it's that, so the high high harmonies that are almost lead. And it's, it's like the first thing you hear. It's like it's, it's the, the only it, thing you hear. It's like it's it's just like oh my god! Like I would have left the show. Gone. Like it it was. Like, at least bad. Brent's high harmonies had like there there was like some gravitas to it. Like there was some. Yeah, it some beef blended to it. nicer with the it rest blended of the nice. band. Yeah, uh, Vince's are just grating. They don't add anything. Uh, go, go ahead, game. Sorry. No, it's fine. I'm making uh, myself upset. <laughs> um, I didn't hate. Feel like a stranger. Um, friend of the devil was good. I enjoyed CC Rider. CC Rider is a song I do enjoy. Um, I did like this final rendition of CC Rider. Uh, it takes a train to cry. Ain't for me, dog. Um, Black throated wind, like you eloquent, so eloquently said, no, it started pretty fucking rough, um, but it ended pretty good. Um, Ramble and Rose, I enjoyed, um, and I was really enjoying Let It Grow. Um, and then Vince came through again and started playing, and it totally took me out of it uh, and ruined that for me as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah, not a um. Not a powerful set one by any stretch of the imagination. However, let's see if set two changes that. Um, set two opened up with Corina. Then we got Scarlet Begonias into its faithful companion, Fire on the Mountain. 
Then we got an estimated profit, drums in space, all along the watchtower, morning dew, and a show encore of Johnny Be Good. Nob, what were your thoughts on set number two? Um, it's better. Uh, I don't know if it's good, but it's better. <laughs> um, Karina is a, it's a rough opener. I do, I, I have to respect that no one in this band except for Bob has learned exactly how Karina goes. Like, that's a big thing with this Karina, is it just feels unpolished. The Who harmonies wrote Karina? Suck. Is that a Bob uh, song? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, the harmonies suck. Uh, Vince's busy keyboard part really isn't helping. The song is just sloppy, but I will say the second jam especially has a really fun groove to it. Uh, not the smoothest of transitions into Scarlet Begonias, but a necessary one. Um, where I didn't care for the key part on Karina, I really enjoyed the lively keyboard contributions to uh, Scarlet Begonias. Just a very lively Scarlet altogether. Uh, it can feel a little busy at times, uh, but it's got a good sense of forward motion that a lot of the show had been lacking. Um, I know we don't always love the MIDI instruments, but I really liked the MIDI flute on the, the Scarlet. A competent, if uninspired, transition. Uh, it was all well done. It just felt like, all right, now we're in the next one. Um, Fire on the Mountain, a good groove to it. Not every solo or jam soared, but there were some good ones. The ending jam where it got quiet was especially nice. Um, my new theory I've been developing is that I think 90s Dead is at their best when they play quieter because they can actually hear each other better, and it leads to some pretty good stuff. Um, I'll have to listen to more... Well, I don't want to, but I'll wind up listening to more 90s shows before I double down on that take. Well, spoiler um, alert, uh, you will next week. Yeah, I know. Um, there's definitely some sloppiness on the estimated profit, but it's got good energy. Whatever they took during set break was really working for them. Um, this is a song that is made actively worse when the MIDI instruments are introduced and the jam does not justify its length. Um, a sparse but energetic drums and a long space. When I when I looked down at my phone and I saw space twenty one minutes, I thought, yeah. "Go fuck yourself." No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. All right, guys, we get three f bombs and we're on number three. So. All right. Sorry, this episode might be rated R. Um, <laughs> that was my last one. I promise. Um, and then I thought the the Watchtower was actually pretty good. At, um, outside of the notable exception, <laughs> um, Jerry's. Was his first solo was really hot, and then he had some equipment issues that kept him from really going nuts. There was something going on with his feedback or whatever, mm -hmm. and it was a bummer because he was ripping. But I will say they cover it well enough. Bruce and Bob take a lead on a pretty cool jam. I think if the drummers and Phil were actually listening to what Bruce was doing and following it, this would be a really cool watchtower. It's not a highlight of the set, but it's definitely in the upper half of the set. But you know, the the bar is Karina. Um, and I think the Morning Dew is really good. I would say the Scarlet Fire and the Dew are my set two highlights. It took a few minutes for me to genuinely make up my mind if I like the Dew or not, but I settled on positive because Jerry's tearing it up. Everyone's actually remembering to use dynamics. It's not the greatest Dew or anything, but it's a huge highlight within the show. Um, 
And Johnny B. Good is a fine way to end the night. It's not a face melter, but it's competent. And with some of these songs, you take competent. Um, so yeah, overall, it's definitely better, but I, I wouldn't call it good by any stretch of the imagination. What did you think, Fig? Uh, well, before I get into my uh, panning of the second set, um, frequent listeners of the show might know that uh, Nob's dad was a... Um, he was on tour with the dead from time to time in the early 90s, and yes. he was actually at the show. Yes. Do you want to give your impressions uh, that you got from talking to your dad about it now, or do you want to wait till we're done panning it, I mean, reviewing it, or how would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, he gave it a, a re-listen in, uh, in the interest of... of... Poor guy. Us doing this show, I know. He, te I sent him the link, and he immediately texted me. Vince ruins this song right off the start, referring <laughs> to "Let the Good Times Roll," which is totally true. He did find himself tending positive when talking about it. I will say he, uh, he dug the "Friend of the Devil" and the CC Rider "Train to Cry" combo. Um, he did not care for the Karina, but he actually really liked the Watchtower. That was a particular standout to him. That was actually something he like remembered when we were first talking about the show and then when he listened back he was like yeah i really like this watchtower um it was a good show it wasn't the best show he saw at the spectrum uh he went the next night and it's definitely better than the next night wait, wait, wait. this show was better than the next night yes oh dear god yeah well Your i mean father. the next night starts with a 92 Phil sung box of rain and set two opens with way to go home. You're not, you're not, I mean, we're talking about arena. Let the good times roll. Like I'll take well, that much of a difference of a trade. Yeah. There. I mean, again, we're arguing over which ship pile smells better. Nobody wins here. Uh, except for your dad, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, in life, um, yeah, clearly he saw other Philly Spectrum shows that were better than both of these. Yeah, I mean, the Spectrum, like, my understanding is that they always brought it. You know, it was kind of like MSG light, almost. Like, they always brought it when they were at the Spectrum. Yeah, Dead tends this to would like cut Philly and plan good shows in Philly. Um, but yeah, they weren't always good, and this was not a good one. Yeah, okay, well, I, I will echo that. I'll jump in. And uh, thank you for relaying what your dad uh, thought about that. That's pretty cool. Uh, Karina, I just wrote pick a note, uh, and that that's specifically to the um, the chorus part where they just. I can't believe they open. Sorry, uh, not to interrupt. <laughs> your segment, but I cannot believe they opened set two with butchering the Karina harmonies. They didn't even do a fucking verse of. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, they didn't I... even do a verse of Karina uh, before. We're at four. FCC. Sorry. Oh no. Um, yeah, we're done. No, I can't say my favorite line in Warfret for the rest of the show. We're um, off Spotify. We are now off Spotify. Um, so, listen, like it's the same opening as um, as as the as the first set. You know, it's like they they pick like a little like grace song, like like a passing song to get them into the the real opening, which is Scarlet Fire. Okay, now Scarlet Fire is one of my favorite Grateful Dead songs. It's one of my favorite things really in life. Uh, but th this was this was not a great Scarlet Fire. Um, Scarlet, there's just too many pianos. Like they had two piano players at this point, and there's way too many. Um, whoever decided to use the flute MIDI in the jam, it was a bad idea, and it was it was done way too long. I think it was Jerry because it's definitely Jerry. Yeah, because they kicked off the they, they realized it wasn't working. 
and it was Jerry. And then they started playing guitar, and I was like, oh, that's Jerry. Uh, the whole thing was just cacophonous, and it did not really... Scarlet did not work for me. Um, the, the jam was pretty much non-existent. They got into fire where they settled into a decent groove. It was only ruined by Vince uh, Wellnick's caterwauling. We got a lot of fire! That was even better than what Vince was doing. Um, so, estimated uh, was a highlight of the night. It sounded pretty good. Uh, it does have that Vince era majesty to it. You know, say what you will about Vince. Singing sometimes, he does bring kind of like a fullness and richness to the sound. And that was evident on Estimated. Uh, I wrote that it was probably the most powerful and deliberately played song of the night. And I actually like uh, Hornsby's piano in this one. Uh, Drums in Space was got off. I'm not going to go there. I did listen to it. I, I deserve an award or a prize for having done that, I feel. <laughs> um, Watchtower, yeah, like, you know, it was a decent version, but then there was this awful feedback effect that happened like two or three times. And it was just like a long droning feedback that I can only imagine pissed, pissed your dad off because uh, it pissed me off. Uh, we got into Do, which was also a highlight. Um, Jerry had some very emotive singing going on. It was well played. Like you said, it was good dynamics. Um, I listened to The Matrix, and there was some good clapping from the audience uh, throughout, which was really cool to hear. And then Johnny Be Good was, you know, just the... Uh, it was good because you knew that this uh, the show was ending. Game, what were your thoughts? Um, I did not realize that Corina was the set two opener yeah uh when i skipped it one minute and 49 seconds into it uh this afternoon uh when they started doing the harmonies it sounded like cats having relations outside street cats making love yes that's way more better than i was trying to say uh, thank you, Jerry. Street Cats. I'm I'm sorry you both have to work around having to say the F word because I already said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was it was bad. Like, you guys want to try to do the arena harmony right now? Let's just see, like, if we can do it. It would probably be better. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it was right, just just, go. just, go. It just was, go. yes. Uh, Scarlet wasn't bad. Fire in the Mountain wasn't bad estimated wasn't bad hmm. um so the shit of corina was rinsed away by scarlet fire and estimated in my eyes um, rinsed away uh rinsed away oh rinsed away okay um definitely not I, rinsed I, away i could use I, I think we should start using vince as a verb <laughs> on this been, podcast it's been vinced it's been vinced uh, um <sighs> All along the Watchtower, it's just <laughs> it's great not, song, great show title. It's um, yeah, Watchtower wasn't for me. Um, Morning Dew was good. No, no complaints about Morning Dew. Morning Dew was good. Um, and Johnny B. Good was there. Um, yeah, this show was just this show was just bad. Yeah. Um, just no offense or buts about it. Bad. Um, I just gotta say, I keep having to mute myself because Knob on the show sheet wrote that <laughs> the show title's gonna be Vinced Away, and I just <laughs> I just cannot stop laughing at that. <laughs> um, but the show was Vinced Away. Like, it was Vinced Away. If you take Vince away from this show, 
it's marginally it, better. Right. Yeah, I don't think Vince is the sole yeah. problem with but, this thing. But it's still <laughs> make the drummers remember to listen to everybody else. But it's still marginally better. You don't get the caterwauling to open the show right away. No. Yeah. Um, you do get everything sounding like a Renaissance Fair because of Bruce. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how your dad sat through this show and decided we're going back for night two. Like, maybe out of desperation that the next show had to be better than this. Well, I wonder, I wonder, I mean, this would be interesting to ask him. Like, like, was that, you know, when you got a show like this, when you're probably wasn't even that far on the road, but like when you were out on tour, you know, was that, you know, what kept you going? Like, was it like the, the thrill or the, you know, chasing the, the opportunity to get a good show? I would assume so. You know, it's with this kind of music, and as we've learned from doing this podcast, sometimes they're on, sometimes they're off, and sometimes they're on in the same week that they're off. Like, we've yeah. heard them be good and very bad within a week of each other before. Yeah, well, no, uh, just in the last, the last, two of the last three shows were uh, from that same week in 69. Yeah, exactly. And they yeah. are of wildly different show right. quality. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a big part of it, is that just because they're bad tonight doesn't mean they're going to be bad tomorrow. Right. Now, Taylor Swift, you know, you can set your clock to a show from yes. her. Oh, yeah. Now, the only I... difference is how long they're going to scream at the end of Champagne Problems. Now, I do think in this example, however that they were bad on this night and then they were bad again on the next night yeah so. yeah, yeah yeah yeah. sometimes <laughs> they are bad for a, a handful of nights or a handful <laughs> of weeks or months or the last three years that they're a band but <laughs> but hey we love them anyway so exactly. sometimes they're very good that's why we're here um so let's go ahead and uh, wrap up this this stinker um and look at next week's um <laughs> stinker um we have a scarlet fire to rate uh fig what would you rate scarlet fire? Oh, i'd give it a two nub scarlet fire yeah i was gonna say a three it's it's competent there's nothing wrong with it but there's nothing great about it within this show it is a highlight but in right. the grand scheme of Scarlet Fires, no, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. Uh, I, I think you're the nail on the head from my opinion. I'm going to give a three as well, uh, just because it's the highlight of this show, in my opinion. Um, it's a, on the, the grand scheme of Scarlet Fires. It's not anywhere close to being the best, but it's the best on this show. Um, Book of the Dead, I think... Uh, I was going to say no for everybody here. Does anybody object to that? No, that's mm. a pretty safe bet. <laughs> nope. um, interesting question on this one. Which set? Um, I mean, it's oh, we can't pick this. Oh, no. Yeah. Right. Oh, no. If it was all of our Book of the Deads, they get the whole show. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, if we pick the same set, then it's the whole show. But that wouldn't make any <laughs> sense. And we, should, we would not inflict our uh, loyal listeners no. with that. No, I don't want to make them listen to set one. <laughs> So we all decided oh. on set two. So they're going to have to listen to the awful Karina. The star versus the awful. Oh, God, no, yeah. I, I'm going to go with one just to shake things up. Wow. Oh, shake it up, right? That's a nice. song. 
Shake it up. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with two. Um, just, the, can you cut drums in space? I mean, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> can you um, cut Karina? Can, can we auto or pitch correct? No, uh, I think they got to keep harmonies. the Karina in there to under to get the full experience. But but cut drum space. You need the darkness before the dawn. You know. Does this show have an MVP? I was going to say, can I go with nobody? Man. <laughs> I don't no, I think that's fine. I mean, we, like, we've never. Maybe Bob never really actively. Oh, you know who's me. the MVP? You know who's the MVP? There mm-hmm. is on YouTube one, if not multiple, uh, uh, home shot video cameras of the show. So I'm going to okay. say the video, the VHS, what they call camcorder. Camcorder folks in the crowd. Thank you, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, no, if that exists, I'm going to agree with you on that. Uh, anybody, I give anybody credit who could sneak a, a yeah, mid-90s to, to camcorder <laughs> in anywhere. So, yeah, props to those people. Um, Reddit comments. <laughs> this show was so bad, even the setlist bot didn't comment. Um, so that goes to show you how bad this show really was when Herbabot did, uh, didn't decide to pay us a visit. Um, and guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Next week, we are staying in the 90s. We got another uh, Scarlet Fire. We do have another Scarlet That's Fire. For three night, three uh, weeks in a row. Uh, next week, we are featuring August 25th, 1993, Shoreline uh, oh, from Mountain View, California. Um, I have higher hopes for this show than our current show um just based on set lists um we get like you said fig scarlet scarlet fire estimated terrapin uh we get another watchtower which whatever addicts uh, we get addicts oh god look at that there's a lucy encore wow <laughs> Um, I'm just thinking we haven't heard easy answers in a while. Well, guess what, my friend? I, I've I, I've become a fan of so many roads recently. Yeah, so many roads is great. Uh, I shouldn't say recently. Um, I've I've just been singing that one like one of the lines over and over again for some reason. I don't even know why. Uh, so I'm interested in hearing that. Um, yeah, makes a man go crazy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, this is this it is gonna be, be this is gonna be better than this week's show. Has See, to be. I'm keeping my expectations on the floor so that if it's good, then I'll be like, "Oh my god, guys, this is." Have you ever? Wow. You know? <laughs> it's like the first Lego movie where I was like, "I don't think this is gonna be good," and then it was <laughs> like good, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is great." <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up this turd for the evening. Um, as always, please go ahead and smash that subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. You may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, you will not find us on a service that loosely rhymes with Foxtrotify. Um, if you do have a service that you happen to listen to Foxtrots on, and it rhymes with Foxtrotify. We won't be on there, but you will find us uh, at wherever else podcasts are downloaded. Um, you may find us directly on the web 
at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. And you may communicate with us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. Any final words from my co-hosts, Knob or Fig? Um, on behalf of all three of us, uh, I'm very sorry to you, dear listener, for the Karina that you are about to listen to. <laughs> it goes by quick. It's just... Also for saying that bum all those times, but I'm not really sorry about that. But I am sorry about the Karina. And also, like, you can just kind of use your, you know, go forward 30 seconds. Like, if you do that, like, five times, you're through most of the Karina and you're into a Scarlet yeah. Fire, which also I apologize for. Yes, this is definitely a good show to get comfortable with your plus 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fast forward button, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but once again... Um, please stick around for set number two of three sixteen ninety two from the Spectrum, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And as always, thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast. So
We're on the phone line. And what I say, moving in the dark, sir. Cut from a long shot. Beat on the down, beat. Ready or not, ready or not, Maria. Shake your feet. Maria. Maria.
the direction she was going in my life. Hit me in an illusion, but I might as well try, might as well try.
distance right up at you Standing there for Caught in some motion I fall to the floor Playing cold music on the barroom floor Down in your laughter and dead to the cold There's a dragon with matches It's loose from the town Take a whole bit of water Just to cool him down Play a fire Fire on the mountain
felt this way, I didn't know what we know. Once it's jumping, what to say? Let me tell me where I go. Oh, I know I'll lead the way. Them voices tell me so. Don't worry about me. Nah, nah, don't worry about me, no. I didn't know where to go Don't worry about me Nah, nah, don't worry about me, no I ain't in no way I know, cause I know Cause I know, cause I know Don't worry about me, no
heard a baby cry this morning. Thought I heard a baby cry today.
Posted up in the trees by the railroad tracks Go, 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 go